Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. It's cold today. My name's Jason. This is episode 358, and it's cold today. It was like 16 degrees when I woke up, and it's a little—it's a little unseasonably cold for mid-November in uh, my little part of the high desert. But you know, it's—it's it's, you know, we live with it. We live with it. I mean, we shouldn't, but we do. And when I say we shouldn't, climate change. That's right. Anyway, how are you? Uh, hope you're doing well. Good job on the uh, midterms, everybody. Um, what was expected to be a right trouncing ended up being more of a, I don't know, annoyance, I, I guess, at the end of the thing. We're still waiting for house seats, but... When you go from expected to lose 20, 40, 60 seats to maybe only losing or, or being in the minority six seats, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? That's that's a win. It's not a great win, but it's a win. But that, again, it's the world we live in. Uh, what do we got going on at the website this week? Well, we have some Fantasy Star, End of the Millennium. That's going on. And we've got last week's stream of Eight Doors. And uh, we even got this week's stream of eight doors happening. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I did manage to get every episode of every game added. So that's done. That project is finished. I'm excited about it. I'm going to go through and verify everything kind of in my own time. Um, but I think we're good to go. So that means I can take a little bit of time off. On website work, which is nice, because it's been like non-stop since I set the thing up. I'm glad. I'm glad it's set up, but I'm glad it's done too. Kind of one of those things, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, let's um, get ready to review Chasm, and uh, let's dig into probably one of my favorite games we've streamed this last year. Oh yeah.
Sonny Featherland and Marty McChicken were once legendary detective partners in Clawville PD Predatory Division, nicknamed as the Chicken Police. But that was a decade ago and time has passed them by. Sonny is a semi-alcoholic wreck of a bird on paid leave while Marty still hides behind the facade of a star detective. On the night of New Year's Eve, a mysterious woman visits Sonny with an errand which goes back to a dark corner of his past. Now Sonny and Marty are back together again on a case stranger than anything they've ever encountered before. Chicken Police is an Orwell-esque buddy cop noir adventure with a carefully crafted world, a gritty, dark story, and absurd humor. The game mixes elements of story-rich adventures with visual novel-style dialogue-heavy storytelling complete with a complex interrogation system, detective gameplay, and an ever-changing city. This is Chicken Police Paint It Red, a visual novel game for the PC, developed and published by Handy Games, released in 2020. And, uh, yeah, pretty much all of that. All of that. And I love it. I love this kind of stuff. A big fan. Noir films, John Huston movies, Dragnet. Because Dragnet's a no. The Big Lebowski. Really? Could be a noir film. Yeah, think about it. Um, So, it is a visual novel style, which is not something I usually do a lot of, even though... We just did Night Call, which was kind of the same thing. Um, this is better than Night Call. You, it, it is kind of silly. It is kind of goofy because everybody is just like a human with animal heads and sometimes hands, not always. Uh, and it's it's a little silly, right? But the but the story is good. The voice acting is good. You get over the silliness of it pretty quick because they do such a good job of building the world and the voice acting really helps a lot um the uh, the game lacks color it's very noir very black and white but where there is color it's very bold it's very vibrant and it's very like oh this is weird uh why why is this a thing and the game's got an excellent backstory that it gets into but not too far into there's um a secret ending, which I haven't found yet because I kind of haven't been playing the game that much. I'm sorry. Uh, but it's great. It is absolutely great. I love this game. Highly recommend if you like visual novel style games, if you like detective games, if you like noir games, and if you like silly games. Okay. Okay.
I really like the music in Jiggin' Police. I really do. It's it's very like, I made this on my keyboard. Bloop, 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 bloop. The horns are very midi horns, but it's still really good. Anyway, Chasm. Uh, 55 people only said it was good. Those people are wrong. Uh, just right on the difficulty and 15 hours. I'm not even going to bother with the time anymore. We know it's wrong. Uh, games you may like. I don't usually look at this. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I have played that. I don't remember if I finished it. Ori in the Blind Forest. Have not played that yet, but I do have it. Ghost Song. Do not have that. But if it's like these other ones, may have to get it. Record of Lotus War. Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. I started that. I don't think it is very good. And La Mulana 2, which I need to finish playing through because I will need to let's play that sometime. But yeah, um, if this ghost song is like all of these, I'm in. Oh boy, we have two quick reviews and uh, Metacritic reviews. And Metacritic... 27 reviews aggregated out to a 72, and 51 user reviews aggregate out to a 6.6. What is wrong with you people? Really, what is wrong with you people? Let's see what We Will Rock You had to say in 2019, though. 4.9 out of 5 rounded up. Okay. Chasm is a hack and slash game with some fascinating retro graphics. The background in the first anchor world is just beautiful. It was a strong introduction to the game. You can find new weapons and armor as you play and you'll have to equip them before use. You have 12 save files and a seed system which works by giving your world a name. The name makes the dungeon have predictable layouts. This way you can play with anyone who uses the same seed and get the same game. Fabulous! If you use different seeds, though, the dungeon layout is somewhat random. There are numbers 1 through 9 and letters A through F for the seed, with 8 characters allowed in all, as well as a random option. Not all that many games use a seed system, and especially not hack and slash games, so this is a welcome surprise. That was a hell of a lot of detail just for, uh, you know, the game's randomly generated. It's like describing the password system of Metroid. The seed system, more seed system. The seed system is one indication that this game was playtested by the people who made it. They probably tried it out and thought, quote, wouldn't it be cool if the dungeons were randomized? I'd like to thank the team for that. The controls are tight and responsive. Everything works the way you'd expect. You can control your jump sight and you can change direction in midair. There are two scaling options, original or fit to screen. Original is still widescreen, but smaller than fit to screen. You can clear your data if you wanted to. There's a mortal mode that when activated removes infinite continues if you want that extra challenge, basically making it true roguelike permadeath. You cannot skip dialogue, but you can at least scroll through the text fairly quickly. A typical problem with hack and slash games is that you can't run. For some reason, you're expected to walk everywhere, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because the first hack and slash games never allowed running, and this improvement was just never thought of. Being able to run in this game would make it even better. What you can do is dash backwards in case an enemy attacks you suddenly. I figure that if you can run in platformers, you should be able to run in hack and slash games, even if it's only a jog. Is Chasm worth purchasing? Yes, especially, but not only if you like hack and slash games. If you like this Vita game, you may also like Curse of the Moon, a horror-themed retro game where your weapon is an extension of your arm. You may like Shovel Knight, a retro game where you hack and slash your shovel to victory. We will rock you, bringing us 
a review sponsored by ADD. ADHD, what are we calling it these days? Imagine 606 in 2018 says Metroidvania done more than right. Please try not to use that word. I'm a huge fan of Metroidvania games. What did we just say? Growing up, both Castlevania 2 and Metroid were among my favorite games. Oh good, that's a good Castlevania. Both franchises evolved and turned into what we today call Metroidvania. No, no one should call it that. And they didn't evolve into that. They were that. Metroid's always been that. Today there are a lot of imitators and those who fail to create the same sort of games as the games who popular, popularized excuse me, the genre. But in the end, few really managed to match the combination of story, exploration, and gameplay that were found in games like Symphony of the Night or Metroid Fusion. No, those are the worst examples. Now I'm not saying that even some of these were not worthy of playing, but they don't match what was already out there by any means. Yeah, Symphony of the Night and Metroid Fusion do not match what was already out by any means. Chasm brings a lot of new to the genre. First of all, it brings the feel of Symphony of the Night. No, it does not, but without the same setting. That is true. Symphony of the Night is horrible. Uh, this game is not. The general idea of how the game progresses is almost perfectly in line with Symphony of the Night. No, it's not. But like I said, there is more to it than that. However, there are so many great things, such as the variety in settings in the game. There's a number of different places you visit throughout. Without spoiling things, you go through six. I feel like I'm missing one, but I'm pretty sure it's six. Different worlds. Yeah, why look it up? Why look it up for your review? I know you're on a deadline. Uh, each very unique and each with their own set of enemies. And of course, with each set of enemies, you get a set of strategies. Moving on, one of my favorite things about this game was that there was this challenge that I felt at times that hadn't been felt since the late 90s. What I'm talking about has nothing to do with combat, but instead has to do with those moments when you've defeated all the enemies. Of course, when you leave the screen, they come back and all of that fun stuff, but need to know what to do to move on. Oh, look at the map. There were times during my first couple of playthroughs where I was legitimately wondering what to do next. However, once I reminded myself of what to do, my later playthroughs became easy. However, there were a few moments on my first time through where I did wind up being lucky on figuring out what to do. You said that. Uh, of course, I would have eventually found these things out, but the fact that it happened that way is a testament to how there are some witty moments throughout the game, and it's not just one or two times. It's something that happens several times per area. Witty is not a word I would use to describe this game. Uh, once again, moving forward, moving on, moving forward, however, however, uh, one of the best features of the game is you can play through it multiple times and not get the same experience. The developers were able to create it in a way where everything winds up in different places every time. There's not a whole lot to say about this, but it makes the game unique and adds a lot of replay value, especially since the game itself is so much fun to play. Uh, the soundtrack to the game is very solid. There's nothing amazing to it, but it's done in a style that is very similar to what was done in the early 90s. No, no, that is wrong. There's a quick hook that is often repeated, but it's not the entirety of the song. There are different styles for each areas. No, that, that is, that is, imagine 606, you are wrong. You are wrong about a lot of things. You couldn't be more wrong, as it says on the hat and the shirt in the merch store. While I'm a huge fan of Metroid uh, the Metroidvania genre, I haven't been blown away by a whole lot over the last decade or so. Sure, there have been games that have impressed me, but nothing that has really caused me to sit up and take notice. However, what we have here... That was a sentence. Chasm is one of the best games I've played in the genre, and when I say that, I'm talking all of the genre. 80s, 90s, aughts, and 10s. 
He didn't say aughts, but that's what two zeros is. It's just simply a great game and as fun to play as any game out there today. If you're a fan of the genre, you'll love it. If not, you'll probably still like it. Rating nine. Did I tell you what what's his bucket gave it? Um, 4.5 rounded up. We Will Rock You gave it a 10. Metroidvania done right. Or more than right, imagine. 606 gave it a 9. And that's it. GameSpot's got a review that gave it an 8 out of 10. It said Metacritic. 27 critics gave it a 72 out of 100, I guess. And user scores gave it 6.6 .6 out of 10. Um... It's, it's weird to find two reviews that got so much wrong, but still right in the end. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not like Symphony of the Night. It's really not. If anything, <clears throat> excuse me, it's probably most like... I don't even know. Because the only the only real game I think that's that's widely known you could point to would be Symphony of the Night, but it's not like Symphony of the Night. You know what I mean? Like I've played it. I've played it two or three times. I don't. It's bad. I don't like Symphony of the Night. I think it's. I think Symphony of the Night. <clears throat> excuse me. Symphony of the Night is an average game. It's not great. It's not amazing. It's got problems, it's got issues, it's got flaws. And this is the same thing that drives me nuts about Final Fantasy VII, when people say how great it is. I'm re-recording it right now. And there is not a recording session that goes by where there is not something either technically wrong with the game, editorially wrong with the game, or, or just does not make sense with the world set up by the game. Not one session where there is not a problem. Symphony of the Night is like that. There is not one part of the game that I can think of where there is not at least something amiss with the game. That's fine. That happens in games. I Feel Asleep is a line in the Metroid game, or Metal Gear game, excuse me. I Feel Asleep. That's fine. No one is out there saying Metal Gear is, oh my god, the greatest, most amazing, wonderful game ever, and it's flawless in every way, and everybody should play it and own it and love it like I do. That's not a thing. That is a thing with Symphony of the Night. That is a thing with Final Fantasy VII. And that's why I get so frustrated with it. Because a lot of people are willing to overlook these, these issues just based on, you know the love of the game and I think for a lot of people like Symphony of the Night probably their first Castlevania uh, Final Fantasy 7 probably their first Final Fantasy don't know for sure but that's that's how I feel about it <clears throat> there's a there's some rose colored glasses there and um, you know think of a movie you liked a lot when you were a kid that you have since seen as an adult and now like oh god why did I even like this? That's how I feel about these games. Chasm, pretty damn good. Chasm does have some things that I don't particularly love about it. It's not flawless. But it, it is its own thing that lives in the universe of these other games. Castlevania 2, 
uh, Harmony of Dissonance, Circle of the Moon, Order of Ecclesia, Symphony of the Night, all those. Ori in the Blind Forest, um, that Bloodstained game, the, the Deedlet game. It lives in that universe. Hollow Knight, the, door, or the game we're streaming right now, Eight Doors. It lives in that universe. And there are so many games in that universe that do what it, it is there for, I guess, that do it better than the games everybody points to as being, those are the games right there. Those are the ones. Those are, that's why we're here. And there's so many other games that just do it better. Chasm is one of them, I think. Anyway. Turning back, I'm tired of being sane. Long will still lying in my bed. All the corners are dead inside. The I hear you calling my sister. 
song keeps me turning back I'm tired of it being sane Clone we're still lying in my bed And it's dead problem with doing the show early morning like this is like everybody emails me. Everybody. I've got like six emails while I'm working here. And one's from Petco. Because the thing I'm pretty sure I canceled, they're saying is not canceled yet. And it's, it's National Jukebox Day as I'm working on this. So Anyway, news. Let's read the news. Uh, our lead story, Not Your Job. Mary K. Brown, 38, of Durand, Wisconsin, was charged with physical abuse of an elder person after she performed surgery on a man under her care. WKOWTV reported. Wow. Anyway. Brown was working as a hospice nurse at Spring Valley Health and Rehab Center where she cared for a patient suffering from severe frostbite on his feet. On May 27th, Brown took it upon herself to remove the victim's right foot without a doctor's order or permission. Another nurse who held the victim's hand during the procedure said he was moaning and squeezing her hand and he told yet another nurse that he felt everything and it hurt very bad. Brown told one nurse that her family had a taxidermy shop and she intended to preserve the foot and put it on display with a sign saying, quote, wear your boots, kids. She is due in court on December 6th. How long before she did the um, the procedure do you think she came up with the idea to save the foot? What do you think? Because I'm going to bet it was not during the procedure that she had the idea. I'm going to bet it wasn't after. I'll bet it was before. Here's a bummer. College dreams were scattered across a highway in El Paso, Texas on October 28th when a UPS truck lost its load of SAT tests that had been completed on October 27th at El Paso High School, KTSMTV reported. Senior Class Vice President Santiago Gonzalez said the school called a meeting to discuss the lost tests. All but 55 of them were recovered, and the College Board is working with those students to set a retest date. Student Body President um, Zenia Martinez is worried about identity theft. Quote, the tests all have our identification and information, where we live, our addresses, our date of birth, and it stinks because our identity is out there right now. You are in Texas. I would be worried about someone stealing your identity. Um, however, you are in Texas, so I don't think anybody would want your identity. Just saying. Two weirds for the price of one. TSA officers at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport made a hen you believe it? Their pun, not ours. Discovery on November 8th as they screened luggage. A pistol stuffed inside a raw chicken. The Associated, uh, the Associated Press excuse me, reported that both raw meat and firearms are allowed on airplanes, just not packed together. What? TSA posted a photo of the Bang Bang Chicken on its Instagram account, but did not identify the traveler or whether it made any arrests. Okay. Look, that, that 
SAT one was not weird. That was weird, but uh, underwhelming, to say the least. Here's some goals. Alexander Tominsky, 31, of Philadelphia, invited the public to assemble and watch him eat an entire rotisserie chicken for the 40th day in a row, the New York Times reported. Dubbed the Chicken Man, Tominsky placed flyers around Philly to advertise his consumption of the 40th bird, and dozens of people showed up at a pier on the Delaware River on November 6th to watch. Eat that bird, they chanted. And he did. Why? Well, he told the Times that much of the world is in pain, and so he needed to do something painful to himself that would make others smile. After 40 days of cramping and bloating, Kaminsky was looking forward to a sushi dinner. Uh, okay. I guess. Sure. Unclear on the concept, as 61-year-old James Hodges, who is legally blind, walked down the street in Columbia City, Florida on October 31st, Deputy Jamie Goaty noticed the walking stick folded up in Hodge's back pocket and thought it was a gun. She stopped him and handcuffed him after he refused to produce his ID. But, the Washington Post reported, she and her sergeant learned that he had no outstanding warrants and he clearly wasn't armed, so she was prepared to release him. Then Hodges asked for her name and badge number, and her sergeant said, according to the uh, body cam footage, quote, You know what? Put him in jail for resisting. Unquote. On November 7th, charges against Hodges were dropped, and on November 8th, Sheriff Mark Hunter announced that the sergeant had been demoted and Goaty was suspended for two days without pay. Both will receive remedial civil rights training. See that stick? Looks an awful lot like a gun, doesn't it? Oh, it ain't a gun? Alright, well, you can go. Well, what's your name? Never mind, you're going to jail. That was Florida, of course. What's the point? Japanese convenience store Lawson is testing a new candy that tastes like emptiness, Oddity Central reported. Japanese convenience store Lawson. Okay. Um, Aji no Shinai Ame? Or tasteless candy? Tasteless question mark candy. Apparently has a slight odor, but almost no flavor. The makers are hoping that people who use candy just to keep their mouths and throats moist will appreciate the flavorless variety. I can get behind that, I think. I'm okay with that. One man's trash. German collector Alexander Smoljanovic is on the hunt for a special item to complete his collection, Metro News reported. Smoljanovic wants a purple Sulo 240-liter wheeled trash can available only in the United Kingdom to round out his collection of more than 100 full-sized wheelies. Or trash cans, I guess. I have miniatures and real wheelie bins from USA, Australia, France, Germany, uh, and the UK. Almost every color is available. The most valuable colors are purple, gold, silver, and transparent? Why would you want a transparent dumpster? Anyway, he hopes for a donation, but he's willing to pay for the elusive purple wheelie. Some people tell me. Now I consider my wheelie bin from another angle. I don't think that's true. Look up in the sky. Dustin Proctia lives in rural northern California among cattle ranches and farms. On the evening of November 4th, Proctia heard a big bang and started to smell smoke and went out onto my porch and I was completely engulfed in flames. Or it was anyway, he told KCRA TV. <laughs> 
Uh, Proctia saved one of his two dogs from the fire, which he believed was caused by a meteorite landing on his house. Video taken by people nearby shows a bright ball of light falling from the sky. The torrid meteor showers were happening in that area when the fire occurred. Firefighters battled the blaze for several hours before getting it under control. Proctia said he might have to buy a lottery ticket. They said it's a one in four trillion chance. Here's our least competent criminals of the week. Two unnamed thieves stole merchandise from the Ross Dress for Less store in Springfield, Missouri on November 5th. KY3TV reported, ain't touching that one, it's all slippery. They apparently then hopped into two separate cars to make their getaway and crashed into each other. Police said the suspects tried to flee on foot but were quickly apprehended and they will face misdemeanor theft charges. Meanwhile... Mere days later, a man caught running out of a Vons supermarket in Laverne, California on November 8th with a cart full of Tide liquid laundry detergent turned out to be a murder suspect, KTLA reported. Police arrested the unnamed man who had 20 bottles of soap and then realized that he had a $2 million warrant out for his arrest. The detergent was returned to the store. And Kitla was there! Here's a story of cute. Farmer Richard Nicholson of Cannon Hall Farm in Barnsley, England, wondered why his sheep were gradually turning pink, the BBC reported on November 5th. He thought farm workers were using spray markers too enthusiastically, but eventually realized the ewes were rubbing against a new red feeder and the color was bleeding into them. They were not bleeding. The color from the feeder was rubbing off onto the sheep. Visitors to the farm certainly do a double take when walking past, Nicholson said. They're starting to look like a bunch of old ladies who've had the same hairdo. His sheep get sheared only twice a year, so they'll be pink ladies for a while. Ha <laughs> uh, ha! But why? Stofers of TV dinner fame has a new offering sure to appeal to Garfield. Stouffer's lasagna-inspired Bloody Mary Mix, the company's first foray into drink mixes, claims to sport a bold and savory flavor, Food & Wine magazine reports. For decades, Stouffer's lasagna has had a special place at holiday tables, said Megan McLaughlin, the company's brand marketing manager. Really? Um, that's what it says. But here's the good news. While you can't buy the mixer, they'll be giving away bottles starting at noon Eastern time on November 14th through the online merchandise store. Mark your calendar. Just the, the editorializing that was terrible. Bloody Mary mix is never good. Like, you know, um, the premix stuff? No, is is not good. You don't want that. Get, get... fixing my pet coat thing. Um, just make it yourself. It's always better. It's always better if you make it yourself. Look, if, if you want, here. Get get your spirit. Get your vodka. Okay? You're going to want some tomato juice. You're going to want uh, celery salt. You're going to want pepper. You're going to want a little bit of hot sauce of your choice. You're going to want... Um, Worcestershire sauce, Worcestershire sauce. You're going to want uh, garnish. You're going to want a little bit of lemon juice. For the garnish, you can use celery, celery stalks. You can use uh, pickled asparagus, I think works really well. Um, martini olives, onions, that kind of stuff. So if you've got your tumbler, okay, you're following along. You got your tumbler, you're going to add a little bit of ice, about halfway. You're going to do between 
two to three ounces of vodka, depending on, on how mm, you want yours. Um, I like two, just because this ends up being a fairly hearty beverage. So you're gonna do your two ounces of vodka, tomato juice, not quite to the top. You're gonna leave about a half an inch from the top of the glass. You're gonna add your garnish, um, garnish of your other your other flavors first. A little tiny bit of lemon juice just to shake. Um, if you like it really savory, go nuts with the uh, Worcestershire sauce. If you like it a little spicy, go a little heavy on the hot sauce. But you want just for for starters. Do about equal amounts of all three. Give it a dash of your celery salt. Give it a little bit of pepper. Top it up with, uh, if you're using pickled garnishes, like that pickled asparagus or the olives or whatever, pour some of that juice in. Not a whole lot, just a little bit. A teaspoon, maybe. Add your garnishes. Stir lightly. Stir lightly. If you've still got some room left in your glass, depending on your garnishes, you may or may not, Top that up with some more tomato juice. Stir it again. Garnish with whatever. Uh, and and there. There's there's best Bloody Mary mix. And adjust. Adjust if you like. I said if you like it a little more. Uh, got a little more bite to it. A little more zing. A little heavy on the lemon juice. If you like a little more savory. Go heavy on the Worcestershire. If you like a little more spicy. Go heavy on the hot sauce. Easy. Quick and easy. And it's delicious.
ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, but you weren't expecting to get a Bloody Mary recipe in this episode. I wasn't expecting to give you one. But as I said at the beginning of the show, this is the world we live in. Uh, I want to um, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you would enjoy, well, if you would enjoy, if you would enjoy further episodes, help, help, I taste metal. If you would like to enjoy further episodes, please consider subscribing to the show on any soft uh, podcast software of your choice. Um, leave us a rating and a review uh, wherever you listen to the show. It does help out the show quite a bit. Tell somebody you know who could use a good Bloody Mary recipe to, to check out the show. They will appreciate it because I make a damn good Bloody Mary. Ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, what else? Um, visit jasonsgroovemachine.com so you can get uh, videos for Chicken Police, Chasm, um, Eight Doors, and Fantasy Star. You can get to my Twitter from there. You can watch the streams from there. Uh, you can even go to buymeacoffee.com from there. Or just go to buymeacoffee.com slash electricleft and um, you can support the show that way. They did announce, and I need to set this up today before I go to work. Uh, I probably won't get it done today. Um, they did announce on Buy Me a Coffee that we can set up like, they call it a wish list, but it's not like an Amazon wish list. What we do with the Buy Me a Coffee wish list is I can I can say, this is the thing we want to buy for the show. This is how much it is. And basically it puts a goal there for us, which is nice. I think that's great. I'm going to do that sometime this week. Because I still want to try and do a live show one of these days. Anyway, you can do all of that over there. Um, Twitter, still there. Jason's Groove, uh, Jason G-R-V-A-N. Um, YouTube, Twitch, Jason's Groove Machine, jasonsgroovemachine.com. Oh, got some new merch. Got some new merch. Um, Music-related merch. So, you know, you might want a hat or a, a sweater, like a hoodie. Or like a tote bag kind of thing. We got them. And I tell you, I price them pretty cheap. Because I, I have a hard time thinking that you should pay more than $10 for a t-shirt. But if they tell me I have to charge $15, i am going to charge like $16. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Not, not for the money. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I gotta go. See you guys. <laughs>